This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins podcast. Josh is still at the beach, so I felt, I thought this would be a good opportunity for us to get together and look at some of the moves that the Miami Dolphins have made that we hated at the time and maybe grown to like. But we can't do that without also talking about some we still dislike. And talking about a topic like this, I thought it would be great to have someone who has some experience being an instigator, you know, maybe a little bit of a problem, <laughs> problem causer on Twitter. So with that, I would like to introduce to the show, Andrew Wise, who I met at grad school. We were both up in Connecticut. Lo and behold, another fellow Dolphins fan. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Wise Hockey Talk, W-E-I-S-S Hockey Talk. I hope you can spell that. But Andrew, it's great to hear from you, my friend. It's been a couple of years. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, long time no see. I guess technically this isn't really seeing each other unless you count technology. But yeah, I'm a I'm a big hockey instigator. I just gotta start. I gotta start tweeting more dolphins in my life here. But uh, yeah, shout out our good old days at Quinnipiac, the reigning national champions in college hockey. Had to throw that out there. Just saying, uh, football team still doesn't exist, so can't can't brag about that. Unfortunately, women's rugby though. Women's awesome. rugby was nasty. I love the women's rugby team. They were so good. Na- national champs, never forget. But uh, I'm still waiting for a championship from from my football team, being this football team. And uh, it's funny you mentioned instigator because I feel like whenever you need a random guest to just come on and bemoan life, I'm ready. I'm locked in. I'm perfectly prepared to just completely whine for an hour about the misery of of being a Dolphins fan even though I will forever remain loyal and watch the games whether it's good or bad just I'll put myself through it I've watched every game I'm not gonna gonna turn off the tv but it's been it's been some long years man it's been, it's been some long years painful gross nauseating years and um you know I'm not the biggest hockey guy but I can tell from these twitter streets that you're a chirper and, you know, a lot of hockey, the, oh, the, the key is you need to be someone that chirps. Um, but before we get into this idea of the moves that we just sat there and screamed at the TV of why on earth are you doing this? I'm just curious, you know, we're, we're in the same boat here where we're diehard Dolphin fans and we both someday want 
would love to see the Dolphins hoist the Lombardi Trophy. I just love to get your thoughts, and, and I think a lot of our audience will be able to you know relate to this. What would those two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl be like? I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse here. It's a very hard struggle. I would have loved the season that even you know ended in the Super Bowl, let alone win it. But what would those two weeks be like for you leading up to the Super Bowl? Because I think I'd be spending half of it either super nauseous and then the other half just straight up throwing up at being nervous from someone who's just going to watch the game on TV. Yeah, no, I would probably <laughs> lose about 25 pounds. Yes. Um whether it's from throwing up from sheer nervousness or just the the amount of times I'd be pacing my floor. Oh my God. Like I, I am not, I'm not a runner. I don't like marathons. Um, I got bad knees and I'm lazy. So, you know, I, I'm a hockey player. I like to skate. It's a lot easier. I don't have to worry about jumping around from foot to foot, but I will tell you, uh, I will absolutely get my steps in after and during every Dolphins playoff game. I mean, even even with third-string legend Skylar Thompson at the helm, I was pacing the floor expecting a W last season. So, you know, it's – it's I don't know. I think it's a trait I get from my dad when he was watching sports, just pacing the floor. But, yeah, no, I will uh, – I would be a nervous wreck, and I would want the game to happen if, if the Dolphins somehow – this phenomenal hypothetical uh, – if the Dolphins somehow – came out on top in the AFC championship game to move on to a Super Bowl, I'd want to play the game the next day. Just just not to get it over with in a negative way, but get it over with in terms of I couldn't last the two weeks. Disneyland has nothing on this. If you know you're going to Disneyland, <laughs> this is nothing in comparison. Um so Man, I'm an hour from Disney World. I'm I'm not worried about going to Disney. <laughs> Dude, I'm so jealous still being up here in the Northeast. But knowing like like this is such a perfect way to define this um I guess negative lens we have over being Dolphin fans because there have been these uh, key turning points, right? As, as long as we've both been fans and we're both, you know, on the younger side, we've seen the struggle more than we've ever seen the Dan Marinos or we aren't even going to get into anything before that. So that's why I thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of look at these opportunities or situations where we feel like we might be the strong, smartest guy in the room, right? We might think we know where we are smarter than the general manager. And we're going to run through some situations where we felt like we were and we weren't and other scenarios. We're actually smarter than an NFL GM. So be sure to reach out to us and offer us millions of dollars. Andrew, the reason <laughs> we started doing this was because of the Jalen Ramsey. So let's start right there. You're sitting there. It's a, it's the middle of April. Um, I believe it's a Thursday night. The second day of the draft will be a Friday night. So the Dolphins are on the board. Their first pick is in the second round after Stephen Ross decided to take Tom Brady out in a boat. The Dolphins select Cam Smith. What on earth is going through your head in that situation, knowing that this physical cornerback out of South Carolina doesn't necessarily fit this Miami Dolphins roster, considering you just traded uh, Hunter Long and metaphorically another Hunter Long for Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you could probably pull up your Twitter DMs to get my thoughts on that <laughs> one. It was funny. Um, I was actually I was sitting with my girlfriend in our living in uh, the living room here, and I hadn't like I'd paid attention to the draft obviously in general, but I wasn't like sitting and watching every draft pick because, as you mentioned, you know Tom Brady on a boat is just something that no one can uh, resist themselves from experiencing. Uh, he's not going to throw a Lombardi trophy while being drunk on avocado tequila every time, but you know, he's, uh, you know, he's worth a first round pick, I guess. So, um, but when the, when the pick came along, I was, I remember I was cooking dinner. I'll never forget this. It's crazy. I was cooking dinner 
and I heard the dolphins around the clock and I, I turned off the stove. I literally stopped mid cooking to run over and watch the draft pick. And I was seeing who was on the board and I was seeing all these players. I was like, Oh my God, we could get this guy. We could get this guy, like all these different positions. Name a tight end basically is what I was saying. Oh my God. I was, yeah. Like basically every tight end I was going to, I was like, okay, you know, this guy could be good. This guy could be good. Uh, my girlfriend is a big Georgia football fan. So Darnell Washington was on my mind. I was like, yep. I want to get that guy. Like I, I watched, I never watched Georgia football until this year and she made me. And now I was like, yeah, Darnell Washington, he looked really good. And who knows what could happen with an athletic guy at tight end, <clears throat> Mike Kosicki. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I, uh, I was really excited. And then when I saw they drafted a cornerback just after trading for Jalen Ramsey, now mind you, they didn't give up a ton for Jalen Ramsey, but you know, when you make that deal, I was like, what are we doing? Like we're trading or drafting a cornerback with our top pick. This is, Noah Igbenogany all over again. And I know there's there's Iggy fans out there who are going to yell at me, but yell at me. I don't care. Um, I was I was like, this is a luxury pick, not a, you know, not a need pick. And I'm never a guy who's like, you have to draft for need. You should draft based on best talent available. Mm-hmm. But I think that need should also apply a little bit. Like if you have best talent available for like eight different positions, then I work with that. Like you're not going to take a quarterback at third overall if you don't need a quarterback, right? Even if they're the best player in the draft. So, um, obviously, I was a little, I was a little upset. Uh, let me go back. Let's see. I got to go to find, find the t- the messages I sent you because literally that night, um, or that day. Sorry. Yeah. Here you go. Word for word. Man, what WTF? It's Noah all over again. <laughs> Xavier on one side and a big ticket cornerback on the other. And we spend a high number pick on a cornerback we don't need. I love corner depth, but I don't know about this one. I'm glad I added that part in there in that in that message because that's literally what it comes back down to is the corner depth. And I think it's honestly mostly just me being scarred by the Byron Jones experience, but it could just be this past year was just so much fun in that regard. But you know what? Corner depth, I was clearly wrong. Uh, this is a reason why I'm on my couch and Chris Greer is on a significantly more expensive couch. So, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, it, it's nice. He drafted Cam Smith. We have to hope that the pick actually pays off. Like he drafted Iggy and it's, uh, you know, it's not, not a great look when the special teams cornerback you signed with free agency is starting over your former first round pick last season. That's like a great way to put it. And I like that you brought up Igbenogany because there's actually some parrot. Well, Parallels. You think about it. Noah Igbenogany drafted in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft. That's the same offseason they brought in Byron Jones. This is actually, weirdly enough, right out of the Miami Dolphins playbook to say, hey, not only are we going to spend big on a cornerback, but we're going to bring another one in. And it seems like, you know, it's easier to say this now, but the Dolphins kind of learned from their mistake with Igbenogany, knowing they have to take another hack out of it. And what made this conversation a little tougher was considering the fact that, you know, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Cater Co, who had just strong season as an undrafted rookie. Noah Igbenak, yeah, spin spins on it till the end of time that, hey, he's only 23 years old. You know, he can still really develop into a player. Um, but also Nick Needham. Nick Needham was developing into one of the better slot corners in the NFL, someone you really like to watch on the field, someone who kind of rose from the ashes of that miserable 2019 season. But all of a sudden, like, he's not on the field yet. He's still recovering from an injury. The Cam Smith pick seems like an absolute genius move. So, Andrew, considering everything we know now, how do you feel? How did that uh, decision change for you considering someone like cam smith not only can he play outside but he's got that extra level of physicality where he won't necessarily get you know he's a rookie so i won't say that he won't get washed out by left tackles or, or even guards at that sake but he's someone who will go out there and not you know brett grimes sidestep as someone runs for an extra 15 yards well i i think it's funny because in that same conversation in the twitter dms from the day of the draft uh, you had mentioned in, in one of your messages, you said a few things of a bunch of positive things, mind you, about Kim Smith. So that helped soothe me as a, <laughs> as an angered Dolphins fan at the time. But um, at the very end of your message, you said, I like that they're ignoring needs. So I don't have to force someone into starting day one. And and here we are. So <laughs> well, Dolphins helped. Twitter, blame Jake for, the, <laughs> for, for anything that happens to corner depth. You can blame him right there. So anyway, uh, jokes aside, I think it's, with the, with the benefit of hindsight, what a beautiful, beautiful gift hindsight is. Um, it's it's a great selection in terms of providing cornerback depth. That remains to be seen, like, with his performance, right? So, like, obviously, sure. it's like, wow, thank God we picked a cornerback because, you know, our boy Jalen Ramsey got hurt. But is it the right cornerback? We're going to find out one way or another. And like you said, like, I – I look forward to healthy recoveries from Nick Needham. Cater Kohu's going to obviously, you know, be a significant factor. I love how he played last year, and I think he could easily be the number two uh, with with uh, X on the other side of the field, and hopefully they can all stay healthy. Um, and no one's battling through groin injuries. That's that's the plan. Plural, groins injuries. Groin, yeah, groins <laughs> injuries. That's As a former hockey goalie, I can tell you one is oh, not God. fun. Two is I can't imagine two. So, you know what? Like he, this is this is gonna be a good bounce back year for X. So I think that'll help on one side with him bouncing back with Cater playing the way he can. Um, you know I don't think they're gonna have to force Cam Smith into getting heavy minutes immediately, but it's something that we'll find out one way or another, which we wouldn't have as much if Ramsey had been um, healthy for the beginning of the season. Yeah, I don't know what his role will be, but just the amount of bites in the apple that he's going to get is just multiplied at such a high level. We're going to go through some guys that we also disliked. And Andrew, one of the biggest reasons you wanted to hop on my podcast here was because in, I believe- oh, Many was, reasons, many reasons. But there is one that is, stands above all the rest. And it, <laughs> it was seated come- what was it? The 2017 Miami Dolphins draft. And uh, take me through that. Take me through your airing of grievances. We'll just call this Festivus. Oh, yeah. I love Festivus. Um, well, well, first, you know, it's it's an honor being Josh's beach day replacement. I want to <laughs> thank you for the, uh, the time in that regard. And hopefully one of these days I can join both of you. We can have a, a grand conversation. Oh, that'd be a blast. I can finally put uh, a personal voice to Josh's tweets I see on Twitter, besides obviously listening to the podcast. Um, so with all that said, uh, I, I know I'm going to get 
roasted by fans for this because they're going to say, oh, well, hindsight 2020 and blah, 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 now that we know this and that. But at the time of that draft, I was all in on TJ Watt. And yes, he's become this phenomenal player. So it's so easy to say that now. So I'll give examples of guys who I also liked as well who ended up not being good. So I don't look like a complete jerk and saying, oh, I'm always right about everything because I'm definitely not. That's the opposite. But I was so all in on TJ Watt and they needed that pass rushing edge player so badly. And when the pick finally came around, I was so excited because Watt was still on the board. There were still a few other guys I liked there too, but I was all in on TJ Watt. And I got to find the people who I was with to get proof that I'm not just making this up, but I was all in on TJ Watt. And then when they said Charles Harris, I had no idea who that was. Like Mm -hmm. I had no clue. And I, not that I was like, not that it was literally no idea. Like I had a little bit of an idea, but it wasn't even someone I was thinking the Dolphins would take. And then obviously in hindsight, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the best pick, but Oh my God, I was I was so mad that night, and I was not that I was not as mad about the Cam Smith selection. And obviously, in hindsight, it's got, I'm glad they got a cornerback. But um, probably top three angriest I've been at a draft pick was Charles Harris, and probably not number two or number three. It kind of felt like, and there was a good lesson to be learned here, where hindsight is twenty twenty, but there are also things you can take away from what you knew before. Charles Harris, it kind of felt like that the Dolphins um, were at a car dealership, right? And uh, the dealer was just begging us, praying for us to take this car. Look at this sick sunroof we have here. It doesn't need a crank. It's automatic. You press a button, the sunroof doesn't open. Well, well, sir, Mr. Dealer, I can't stop the run without two rear tires. Why doesn't this car have two rear tires? And he just kind of ignored that, and we bought the sunroof. And then we saw the issue there. And I think that kind of speaks to the idea of the Mike Wallace's is another one where you get someone based on a single trait, a single move that makes their entire identity and really go about that. And I think that's a great segue into the next player I wanted to talk about because in the 2021 draft, the Dolphins had this huge need for a running back. And the whole idea was you're telling me you could have Tua Tungavaloa, Jalen Waddle and Najee Harris in the same offense, that sounds fantastic. But the Dolphins went a different route and went Jalen Phillips, this physical freak who had concussion issues, uh, struggled to stay on the field in the past, but really, really embraced the process in developing someone like Jalen Phillips. So, Andrew, when you consider the ideas, the prospect of Charles Harris and Jalen Phillips, I think we all kind of felt the same way at the time, but the results were very different. And it's it's funny because uh, in a a different time, the uh, a, a a very similar thought was in my mind about another draft pick who I've already talked about at the beginning of this segment. Um, I mentioned like the three angriest I've been on draft picks. Number one being Charles Harris, but number two being someone we've already talked about a lot, which was our good friend Noah Igbenogany. Because again, I was like, what are we doing? Like, we don't need that. We just signed. Mm-hmm the two biggest deals to a cornerbacks, the biggest free agent cornerback deal, I think in NFL history at the time. And then, you know, a significant extension for Xavier Howard. I was like, so we're drafting a first round cornerback. So now like, like I get that. And that was like, I, I didn't have any issues with Jalen Phillips, pick. I was a little concerned with the, like you mentioned, like the injury 
in college and, and, you know, okay, is this guy who's going to, you know, quit after one year of football because of injuries, which obviously you never hope anyone gets hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was also excited just seeing some of the tape. I was like, this guy could easily be a really good player. And he's, I mean, I love Jalen Phillips. That guy's motor just doesn't stop. And I, I get that. Like those, there are guys out there who, I mean, think of some of these NFL players. If I say this out loud, I'm sure there's people that are going to pop in your brain where they have an endless motor, but because of it, you know, sometimes they go through some big injuries because they don't know how to stop. They, they're only, their only level of play on the field is 100. There's no, there's no 80%, 90%. It's, it's all or they're not on the field. And for some guys, like I know, like Luke Keekley, for example, was an all 100% player. Oh, yes, and, that, yeah. and that led to, you know, the injuries that ended his career. You know, and and all those concussions and all that. So I mean, I'm not not saying that that happens to everyone. There's plenty of guys who have motor in this league that you know don't have those injuries. But it's just you open yourself up to those when you're like, yeah, like I'm a little banged up, but who cares? I want like I'm I'm going 100 percent of this play and the next play and the next play. So it's worked out great with with Jalen Phillips. I love watching him play. I know I know Josh is a fan. He's one of those guys where you're just kind of watching a game and, you know, your eyes always go out wide wondering where, you know, Tyree Kill is or different things like that. Jalen Phillips is another one. And and it's more impressive when you consider you're in the trenches. There's anywhere from 10 to 12 bodies just floating around the same area. The fact that he consistently sticks out um, is just a note on how impressive he is, just the physical traits and how he's really been able to develop and, and really establish that technique based on it. Andrew at Wise Hockey Talk. I have one more car- or a player, excuse me, I do want to discuss, and that's Connor Williams, because that was another one where um, if you're a content creator, the offseason feels like it's two, three times as long. And, and don't get me wrong, fans love football season. They wish it was 12 months a year, but you really, when you have to write about something every day or talk about something every day, you, you really embrace it a lot more. And there was this huge fear in Miami Dolphins land that Connor Williams, he doesn't know how to snap the football. Um, of course, during his first season in Miami, we can all agree that you'll find snaps that were quote unquote high. But generally speaking, the transition of Connor Williams, who spent, I believe it was three, four years in Dallas as a guard, the transition to center was awesome. Not only for the fact that there weren't any of those crazy high snaps and center is such an important position. Connor Williams was the Iron Man of this defense. He was the only player to play every snap during the regular season. It's worth noting Robert Hunt missed literally one play. But either way, Connor Williams, 100% is 100%. Yeah, and considering the offensive line woes that go back to, gosh, at what point do I stop? I guess Jesus was born. We'll I, was, I, I was going to be nice and say Jake Long, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, you could keep, keep going back that way. Or the good old Jonathan Martin days. That was a, that was a, years of nonsense but either way like considering the, the issues that this team's had with offensive linemen um trotting out jesse davis every week as an example um it was nice seeing them go after a guy in free agency and not just connor williams but also tron armstead to where they're like you know what we need to protect our quarterback and when they said that they were going to you know transition williams to center i was like you know what like at this point what's the difference like you know what like maybe it doesn't work out but it, at, at this point, like, it was so horrible mm-hmm. watching, like, you and I could have walked on the field and took a little stroll through the offensive line to go after the quarterback. Like, it was miserable watching the O-line the last few years before this past season. So, at that point, it's like, you know what? 
just see what happens. And if it's a terrible experiment, you still have a guy who can play guard. And we've seen him be able to play guard. So, you know, what? like it worked out and it was great, but I wasn't necessarily worried about the center part. It was more so just like, can we get someone who can get two hands on a guy and stop them from knocking down your franchise quarterback? Sounds a lot harder said than done, right? Basically, oh my God, a yeah. Dolphins fan for all these years. <laughs> Andrew, before I let you uh, escape and enjoy your uh, Wednesday night here, can, can I get three keys for the Dolphins season real quick? Three things that you're really hoping or, or really dictate how the seasons are going to develop? I can absolutely. I also have a, a list of guys Ooh, uh, if you'd like. Give, give um, me three. How about give me your top three guys on who who's really going to decide this Dolphins season? I'd love to hear. Oh, that. I I meant I meant the like I had a list of names of people who I was either like yeah they're going to work out and didn't or vice versa. Oh, um, yeah. If you want to run wanted, through those, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, just, I'm I don't all know here. if you wanted those or not. I, I had them pulled up. I had a few that I was to 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 reinforce the fact that I am stupid and and don't necessarily <laughs> know everything. Just because it's so easy to be like, yeah, of course you wanted TJ Watt. Um, but there's there's definitely a few guys I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, remember Lawrence Timmons? Yes. Yeah, he, spent a, <laughs> he threw up in the end zone with the Pittsburgh before he arrived in Miami. Yeah. And he came to Miami and then he was like, nah, I'm out. He just disappeared. He had like four good games and then, yeah, he, he went AWOL, I believe it was. He Like that was quite literally, I think that was the, the words that Schefter used was uh, Lawrence Timmons has gone AWOL. And I was like, okay, yep. that's good. Uh, Will Fuller. I was so excited. I was like, finally, a great speedy offensive weapon. Sometimes he gets hurt. That's okay. <laughs> no. It hasn't it been in not. the NFL since. It's crazy. No, no he has not. He is, he's literally just disappeared. I don't even know where he is anymore. He could just be gone. He just disappeared. Uh, the Lynn Bowden trade and the Josh Rosen trade, both I was so happy for both. I was like, what a great move. You take a chance, never know what could happen. Well, you took a chance and neither ended up working out. Life goes on. Uh, I thought Cordray Tankersley was going to be the next great Dolphin cornerback. I, I, he, he was one, like, you, you see the name on the jersey and you see, like, one or two swatted down balls. And, yeah, he, he was definitely one that stood out to me. I mean, I was all in on Will Davis and Jamar Taylor. I'm not going to lie to you. Jamar Taylor a little longer, but but that's another scenario where you're, like, so close, but but swing and a miss. And, and I do want to also, my last point, I, I said that there was three draft picks, like, my top three angriest moments. Igmanogany was not number two. I think he would be number three, maybe tied with Deion Jordan at number three because I was upset at that move in general. And then obviously hindsight again, but I think number two would have been the trade for Leonte Carew. I was livid when that happened. It made no really? sense to me. Yeah, it was, which it, it, it seems, you know, like it wasn't that big of a deal. But if I'm not mistaken, I, I gotta go back and look at the exact trade. But I'm pretty sure it was a third rounder and then an, uh, in that same draft, and then a third and a fourth the next season. Mm-hmm. Yep, is that correct? You know, yeah, it's it's so they they use it, it's that middle of the draft where like sixth and seventh round picks kind of feel useless. But yeah, they use those those three, four, five that that day two of the draft to kind of shuffle around. Yeah, they, they invested a lot. Him and uh, oh man, who who did they just draft in this? Was it Eichenberg? Even I think they even traded. Oh yeah, Eichenberg. Well. They did the same thing. Yeah, and that's like. To me, when you do that, that guy has to at least be a contributing player. It doesn't have to be a superstar, but he's got to be a contributing player if you're going to give up significant capital. So, yeah, Eichenberg's going to get himself on that list. It has nothing to do with the player. I mean, Carew obviously didn't work out, but if the player – it only has nothing to do with the player if the player doesn't work out. If the player's a contributing player, that's fine. But if you're going to make up that much draft capital in the middle of the draft, 
instead of just taking a shot on three or four guys and seeing what happens with them, you got to be like, well, this guy, I love this guy. He's going to work out. And if they don't, that's a lot more significant than if they do. Yeah. So it, that's, that's it, my, my rants. I had to get my, my player rants in there. I feel that. No, it is true. You want as many shots as the dartboard. If you're going to take a big swing, it's got to be when you know it's like a three, one count and a fastball is coming down the middle. Otherwise that swing can be just such a massive whist. Uh, massive miss, excuse me. At Wise Hockey Talk, Andrew, I hope I haven't been pronouncing your name wrong this entire time, man. It's been a blast talking to you. It's been a blast catching up, and and hopefully we can do this again when the Dolphins are on. I don't know. Let's say a let's say a four or five game winning streak in, in the middle of November, something like that, when we're all feeling good. That that sounds like a blast to me. As long as I don't follow it up with a four or five game losing streak. That last year was enough Smart of the year. up and down. That's I I am a battle hardened young veteran. I don't want to say veteran because there's people there who have actually seen you know, way more than I have as a Dolphins fan. But you know what? Last year was the first time in my life I'd seen the Dolphins put up put a top 10 offense on the field. So anything is possible. I'm ready. I'm locked in. It's going to be a good year. Talk to me in November, and I'll probably be depressed. But that's okay. It's going to be – nope, It's this is a different year. It's a different year. Everything's fine. It's all new, – new year, new us, and the Dolphins will hopefully make it back to the playoffs. Maybe they win that the endless cycle of years. getting your hopes up. The endless cycle of getting your hopes so far up every year. I used to get my hopes up for Ryan Tannehill, but this year actually makes sense. This team, the roster's probably the best I've seen in my lifetime. Like they, they have great potential, and hopefully, it works out to where the next time we're talking, it is a positive talk, and not, you know, me getting uh, the doors of my apartment knocked on by the cops because they were wondering why I'm screaming. <laughs> so. We'll see. Why we'll see what happens. Buffalo again. Why? I was gonna say if you if you uh if if we're recording a podcast and I'm in a prison cell, it's because I was screaming at my TV. That's that's all you need to know. It sounds like great content, <laughs> man. I don't know what you're talking about. That's that's like that's like page one content. I don't. That that's that's, that's, that's the click rate right there. Podcast from jail with the giant <laughs> like uh, graphic of me with the holding the bars. There you go. There's the clickbait. <laughs> That preview right there is just a great way to end this podcast. That is all the time we have for Adelio Dolphins podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. Andrew, it was a blast talking with you. I look forward to doing it again. But until next time, until we hear everyone on the flip side, spins up. Spins up. Spins up.